Kenny by the Lake podcast. <laughs> I mean, Steelers by the Lake podcast with my co-host Cody. Cody, how you doing today, bud? Oh, I'm doing splendid, my guy. Uh, just enjoying this Texas Texas weather while you guys are up there getting cold already. I'm down here, and my highs are like, or my lows in the morning are like your guys' highs right now. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, so about sixty. Yeah, yeah, about it, it was yeah. about it was like yeah. fifty four when I woke up. Yeah, I got to a balmy 64 degrees, I think, this afternoon. Dang. I <laughs> A very small part of me misses this time of year weather, but coming, you know, December, I'll be like, ah, I'm in Texas. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, trust me, you won't miss it when we're getting eight feet of snow. <laughs> no, not at all. I showed a guy today at work from Cuba uh, some snow bi- videos and pictures I had from it, uh, good old Erie, Pennsylvania, and he was just blown away because he had never seen snow, ever. So, uh it was a fun time yeah. yeah boy do we see snow here it's it's weird to me to figure out that people haven't seen snow that's just weird but again it is what it is all right we are gonna talk Steelers news we were well, Steelers about lake news first yes speaking of other areas around the globe around the states uh we've got the top five states from last month and then also the top countries from last month yeah, uh, top countries. Let's get them out of the way first. The United States in at number one. Canada Ooh. in at a strong number two. Ooh. Seems to be getting stronger every month. And then a three-way tie for third place between Costa Rica, Spain, and the United Kingdom. Dang, that's actually pretty cool. I'll take that. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'll yeah, absolutely take absolutely. that. Uh, top states. We're gonna go through the uh, just the top five here. Um, you have Pennsylvania number one. Shocking, I know. New York number two. California, number three, uh, Kentucky, actually, excuse me, Kentucky was tied for number three. And then at t- also a tie for fifth was Colorado and West Virginia. So thank you guys tuning in from all over the globe and all over this great country. So now it's time for Steelers news. Yeah, man, always neat to see uh, folks checking in from all over the globe. Really. Absolutely. Uh, Steelers news previous to the game, the Steelers did sign cornerback mark gilbert back to the practice squad yeah <laughs> we like him we were just yeah we were talking about that before the game when uh when last week he had been released and they brought somebody else and we we're like doggone it we really wanted to see him try to get a chance to be developed well he's back they released offensive lineman ryan mccollum in a corresponding move that's fine that's fine that's okay. And then some elevations previous to the game, Cody, if you want to cover those. Yeah, so Steelers elevated cornerback Josh Jackson uh, and outside linebacker Ryan Anderson for Sunday's game. I don't think either of them saw playing time, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think they, Ryan a few uns- snaps. I don't, yeah. I'm not so sure that Josh got on the field, though. Yeah. Um, but so those two elevations, again, not, not a big deal for the game other than that, the fact that they were available for us if we needed. They also had an actives. Nothing surprising here. Mason Rudolph, Kendrick Green, Steven Sims, Mark Robinson, David Anini, and Akilah Witherspoon, which was obvious because of the injury. So we knew that before going into the game. We knew that before uh, on the last episode. So now, real quick, before we talk about the game itself, James, you were there. You got to witness Pittsburgh. Uh, welcome in the new era of Kenny time. How was it? How was it, James? Oh, fun time, man. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think they were calling for Kenny on like the second drive of the game. <laughs> That's when Yikes. the Kenny chance started. <laughs> so it was pretty early. I'm imagining they've probably been going on all season long at the home games. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there was uh, plenty of excitement in the air. Not a very large contingency of Jets fans, a few of them here and there, but 
Yeah. Uh, I would say that most home games I've gone to, there's been a larger showing of the opponent yep. uh, than there was of the Jets, which ironically, they're really not all that far away. Yeah. Uh, but fun experience. You know, people were uh, generally in a good mood and nobody overly optimistic to be realistic. You know, uh, people were going into the game thinking, well, hopefully we win this, but I'm not so sure we're gonna. <laughs> Theme is about right. <laughs> uh so fun experience overall uh some some fun neighbors behind me sitting at the game uh some canadian folks Ooh. Uh, some made some friends with them and uh some good diehard fans they had a, a pretty good clue what was going on in the game too so maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll be listening their, to this episode of the podcast I, I hope so they did receive some business cards hey. and some advice on listening so <laughs> there, there we go, go. Uh, if you did uh thanks for tuning in guys <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so with that being said, uh, I want to I want to also take the time to welcome in an era of the podcast that we're going to start going through. Uh, James brought it up. James Kenny, was the creator of it. Kenny, however, Kenny, well, that's however, I want to turn it into something and I don't know what it's going to turn into yet. If you guys have any suggestions, let me know. But James and I will be talking about this week. James, we got three peas in a pod. Cast. That's right, baby. <laughs> We got Let's three peas go. in a pod. I feel like this we has to be some kind stones. of segment uh, for the show to talk about Kenny Pickett, one P, George Pickens, the second P, and Pat Fryermuth, the third P. Uh, you want to talk about killer bees? The might funny peas. I don't know what to talk. I don't know what to call them. <laughs> These guys might be uh, might be something here. Yeah, yeah, definitely the highlight of the game, uh, seeing these three guys all gel together uh, and really uh, step up to the plate time after time after time as the game went on, you know. Uh, if we start through the, the actual game itself, you know, I, I felt like Mitch was just off with his timing most of the first half. Uh, his interception that he threw to Deontay Johnson was off of Deontay Johnson's hands. Uh, hit him in the hands. Can't ask for a lot more than that. Bounces up in the air and uh, straight into the arms of a defender, which yep. is just bad luck more than it was a really good catch too. Really it was a really good catch for the defender. Yeah, <laughs> there was a few of those. Man, those guys had a lot better hands than our guys yeah, did. They did. They uh, definitely which did. is ironic because we got two interceptions, but you know uh, there was one also that uh, number thirty-five Arthur Mallette dropped at it, hit him right in the chest. There was a couple that. There difference. was also that one that was called a no interception on the sideline. Yeah, the Minkas where he almost got it. That, oh, that was a pick on yeah, TV. Was that close. was a pick. <laughs> uh in in person it looked uh, like he was out of bounds really even on the jumbotron yeah, yeah. oh dang <laughs> i guess i just got a bad angle from tv i don't know um but but going back to that for a second i do think that i, I feel bad for mitch i feel bad for trubisky because i feel like he's a really mm -hmm. good quarterback but the the and i and this is part of it i don't think he can handle the pressure of already feeling like he was getting pushed out I think that made him play worse than he normally would, personally. Maybe not a lot, but enough. Um, and so that was probably frustrating for him because I do think Mitch is a good quarterback. I do think he's better than, you know, 7, seven of 13 for 84 yards and interception. Um, but it's unfortunate for Mitch that his career has just bounced around like that after Chicago. But again, uh, I guess it was, the writing was on the wall. You draft a quarterback in the first round, most fans, fans are going to freak out and expect him to play. Um, 
But yeah. Absolutely. You know, and there's a reason he only gave him seven million a year. Yeah, yep. there were incentives to make it up to like fourteen million a year. Uh, but he would have really had to light it up, which he has not done. Nope. Uh, so, you know, it was just really a detriment to the offense. Uh, his timing just being off over and over. You could see the receivers getting frustrated because they'd have their guy beat and then he'd underthrow it. Now, uh, there was a sideline throw to Jalen Warren where he's got his guy beat by like two steps, but the ball is thrown behind. He catches the ball, but because of it, he immediately gets tackled and he's short of the sticks. So it's so many things like that where in – when you're in person watching it, you're able to see you're not waiting for a camera to cut from one angle to another because it's usually CBS and they're just awful with their coverage. Yep. Uh, but you can see it and you see these guys constantly stopping for the ball and tr- trying to jump over the back of receivers to get out of ball. Defenders, just, yeah. It, yeah. 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 Trying to jump over the back of a defender to try to get it. Mitch had probably one of his worst games, I thought. Uh, the interception. It wasn't his fault. That was actually a decent ball. And he actually threw a really nice sideline ball to uh, Deontay where he almost had his feet in. That one foot was just like the toe. Yep. The big toe was on the sideline, and otherwise he was in bounds. Uh, so he had some nice throws in there, but he had a lot of them not so nice. And he was really struggling with moving around in the pocket under pressure. Uh, he just kept on moving into it. You know, the pressure would come in instead of – scrambling away and rolling away from the pressure. He kept on moving towards it and getting himself sacked. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I know the offensive tackles didn't do the greatest in the first half. They let up a few sacks, uh, but, you know, you got to be able to buy a little extra time. Yeah. Uh, and he, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't, when he extended plays, it wasn't turning into a completion. And, uh, you know, the, the flip side of it, you saw Zach Wilson extend plays over and over and over and over. Yep. Uh, and the Steelers defenders not able to get him on the ground other than one time Alex Highsmith did. Uh, but I just felt like there was a big difference there with how Zach Wilson was escaping versus how Mitchell Trubisky was not escaping. Uh, and one thing that he definitely couldn't escape was the fate of being benched. Uh, so that was just inevitable. And Nobody in the stadium thought for a second <laughs> that it was going to happen at halftime. And then there it was. <laughs> he gets marched out, and that place just went absolutely I, I heard it on TV. Man. I heard it on TV. It was pretty loud. Uh, so I can only yeah. imagine how loud it was there. Um, but with that being said, Kenny Pickett came in, and Kenny Pickett kind of put on a show. His stats won't necessarily show it, passing stats. Um but he did a really good job of avoiding sacks, avoiding pressure. He, I felt like his pocket awareness was there, um, and he knew when to scramble, what hole to go through, how to extend the play, uh, and extend the play enough to also get two rushing touchdowns. So, yeah. uh, and the and the one was very Ben Roethlisberger esque. The second one, I felt yeah, like taking the, and, taking the hit, making yeah. the twist. Yeah. So, um, yep. It, and and they talked about it on TV, so you wouldn't have heard this, but at one point they talked about how other players on defense were even playing better. Um, and they're like, it's crazy how much one player on either side of the ball can can get somebody going, can get somebody excited. And uh, they made a comment about that on TV. And, and Kenny came in, and Kenny, I w- I'm, it wasn't super impressive, but it was it was probably the best performance we've had at quarterback minus three plays <laughs> this year. And the sense of pocket awareness, you know, big thing's going to be timing of throwing some deep balls and placement of them. But I felt like he played really well. Yeah. And to me, like I had 
obviously I had people ask me, you know, how'd you feel about his performance? And I said, honestly, I thought he was amazing. Yep. Uh, and people like, but he threw three interceptions. I well, I watched the game. I, <laughs> I was there. I saw the interceptions. Uh, and I know that the first interception, he throws it deep to Chase Claypool. Uh, maybe he could have thrown it a little bit earlier, but in the end, it's a yep. one-on-one jump ball situation with a six-foot-four wide receiver and a five-foot-eight defensive back. And he had position. Yep. He had the defensive back behind him. He jumps up to high point the ball, but never extends his hands up in the air and lets the ball like come this. down to his chest. It was almost yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Like yeah. So if his hands go over his head to high point the ball, it's a very easy catch. Uh, it just makes me wonder did Chase Claypool ever play basketball? Because like every time you rebound a ball, yep. you have to go up for the ball and get it at its highest point. You can't just let he, it come to you. And he could have easily way. run backwards or not as far, like by a yard, two yards. I felt like not only was his placement bad hand wise, but like his body position, other than being in front of the um, defender, his body positioning was also poor because he could have gone more towards the ball and high pointed it better the way that you're supposed like the definition of high point. Um, and yeah. he could have done a better job than that. And now I'm not, again, I agree with you, Kenny, that ball could have been better. That ball could have been more out in front of him, could have been thrown earlier, could have been thro- thrown more to the side. It was kind of a jump ball, but that's what these wide receivers in the NFL do. That's what they're paid for. These jump balls. In- Five foot ten Antonio Brown went won that jump ball nine times out of ten. So when you have a six foot four wide receiver going up against a five foot eight safety, you assume that he's either going to win that or it's going to fall incomplete. Yep. Uh, so for him to allow it to be basically popped straight up in the air and then the defenders to intercept it, uh, it's on Chase more than than it is on Kenny to me. Uh, Chase has either got to come up with that thing or figure out a way to break it up. But, you know, you don't draft a guy that athletic, that big, that strong to expect him to lose all the jump balls. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't done. He wasn't done. He had more up his sleeve in that category. And, and to to rewind slightly at the end of the first half, uh, what we first thought was the last play of the first half. So Mitch bombs one deep, right? Only two receivers in the area, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Uh, Ball falls short of it, is easily intercepted. Uh, We find out later it's because Mitch got absolutely blasted on the play. There was a uh, roughing the passer penalty on the play. Uh, But the receivers didn't know that. They're they're 50 yards downfield. The defender starts returning the ball, and there's no time on the clock. So as they start approaching the offensive linemen, tight ends, and – and running backs, and George Pickens, who is the other wide receiver on the play, who's the only wide receiver attempting to tackle the ball carrier, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are just back there moaning and whining and complaining in zero effort, not even a light jog. After he got about 40 yards downfield, Chase Claypool realized that, hey, maybe I should go try to help out my teammates. Deontay Johnson never did. He just pouted and stormed off to the sideline and never helped. And if there wasn't a penalty on the play, they could have scored a touchdown on it. And one of your most athletic guys on the field who has a responsibility to his teammates just said, screw you. Yep. 
I was furious, man. I was screaming at the top of my lungs about how lazy of a play that was on his part because it's not the first time. He did that to Ben over and over and over. Yep. Uh, and now Ben's gone, and Ben doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Now Mitch doesn't have to deal with it anymore. But I swear to God, if he does this to Kenny Pickett, man, and here's don't the do thing. this to my rookie. Here's the thing. I will say it is 100% both sports psychology related and personality related. I don't think either of them I don't even want to say personality. Neither of them are bad guys. Neither of them are lazy individuals. However, they have both been on a roller coaster of a ride with Ben Roethlisberger. Is he retiring? Is he coming back? This and that. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. The arm surgery. The, the Ben can't play very well, but we're not going to put somebody else in. They've, they've had issues with, and we talked about this before. I thought Ben played worse than you thought in his final few time, like time with the Pittsburgh but these guys are so demoralized. This uh, this next game I'm watching very closely because I feel like the players were demoralized, especially the wide receivers. One, because of the plays that they've made or lacked making. And two, because of the losing streak and because of how bad the offense has been and all this other stuff. I This is officially a Mike Tomlin situation where he needs to turn that around. Mike Tomlin needs to come into these wide receivers or the wide receiver coach, whoever, and say, look, this is a fresh start. This is a new beginning. Deontay, forget last game. Forget the other games with Mitch and the other games with Mason, the other games with Ben. You can prove, or you can you have a chance to say, hey, it wasn't all me. You can put some of the blame on somebody else. Almost. You know what I mean? Like, they can come out here and explode now, and I'm ready to see that, but I do think that this is a coach's standpoint, or maybe a Kenny Pickett standpoint, to call these guys to hire now. Like, it's a new era. They need to get their heads out their butts and learn how to use their hands. I think honestly where I'm at with it uh, is I think the only message that Deontay Johnson will receive is being benched. Uh, And I know he's a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. I know he made it to the Pro Bowl last year. But giving up on your teammates and that poor of effort, and this is consistent. Last year I counted three or four interceptions that went against Ben Roethlisberger that he overthrew Deontay. It wasn't an underthrow. It was an overthrow. And Deontay just decided, well, I don't think I can get that. And he just gave up on the play. And then the defender ran right by him after intercepting it because he didn't feel like he should have to bother to try to make the tackle. It's just being a crap teammate. And I very specifically remember, too, that we talked about where it was a catchable ball and Deontay just gave up in general and led to it being intercepted. It wasn't always that it was overthrown. Sometimes it was just simply... Oh, I think I the ball's in the air. I think Ben missed me. Let me just stop or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Giving up on routes, just not the kind of thing that you, you pay a, a franchise wide nope. receiver for. And, you know? and, and Antonio Brown was the best at never giving up on a route. Yeah. You know, people always want to say Deontay's going to be better than AB one day or blah, 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 whatever. Because Deontay no. has the ability. I just think he doesn't <laughs> have the the motivation, the self-motivation to go out and perform and go out and make plays. So I I think if Deontay can get his head on straight, he can be a tremendous number two to George Pickens. That's fair. Tremendous. That's fair. He would probably blow up like Juju did his first year because Juju had going against number two corners nonstop. He'd tear them up. Exactly. Uh, Deontay, this is a big opportunity for him. It's too much. I think right now for him being the number one and, yeah, and, and now, I mean, realistically, if you're Kenny Pickett, if you've got both Deontay Johnson open on a route and and George Pickens on a route, who are you throwing a ball to? George Pickens. Every time. <laughs> I'm not thinking twice about it. No. 
not he's not giving up on the play. If it does get interception, he's going to smash that dude into the ground. Like Pickens is going to have your back and his efforts going to be 110% on every play. Yep. Uh, and you feel like you're probably going to get 75% effort on most plays and less on other ones from Deontay. And I'm just kind of over it, man. <laughs> I'm just kind of over it. I um, I'm also but, over it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move past this. I don't want to stand on this Deontay Johnson. Yeah, because we could go for a while. It's uh, too long. We I mean, skipped running backs. Probably pissed at me right now for my stance on that, but that's no. I'm not changing it until he changes his behavior. Yep. Uh, we skipped running backs. We'll stick with the wide receivers for now. George Pickens. Blue. I mean, okay. Go to go back. Deontay Johnson. Two receptions caused one. Uh, interception on four targets and Claypool was two targets, two interceptions helped, whatever. Uh, George Pickens went off for six receptions, 102 yards, averaging 17. Fun fact, George Pickens has set career records every single game so far for himself. (laughs) It just keeps on getting better. The first game was one reception, some yards. Second game was three receptions, some yards. Third game was three receptions, more yards. And then the fourth game was six receptions for 102. So (laughs) it was, it was a good time. Coming to a field near you soon. Touchdowns to George Pickens. Yeah, and Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth, seven receptions on nine targets for 85 yards, 12.1 average. Uh, The the two previous year rookies, first round and second round, are the ones leading this team of insanely talented players at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and and let's be real. um, I couldn't be happier with the core right now that they've built. Oh, Pat Fryermuth just looks tremendous. Yep. Um, Kenny, uh, again, other than those interceptions, and and we talked about the first one being a little bit more on chase. Yep. Uh, the second one was a bad decision on his part, I will say that. The one to uh, Pat, was, yeah. Yeah, he was rolling to his left through it all the way back to the right sideline to Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he says he was trying to throw it over his head and out of bounds <laughs> just to, Why would to you? have an incomplete play. <sighs> uh, but, yeah. Um, unfortunately it gets batted up in the air. Pat did get two hands on it. So it's not a hundred percent on Kenny, although it was definitely a bad decision to throw that ball. And then the last one's on a hail Mary And you know what hats off to him for getting them in position to actually be able to throw that hail Mary with only 20 seconds on the clock. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's talk. I mean, we got, so George Pickens, phenomenal game, yep. Pat Fryermuth, phenomenal game. Uh, to me, Kenny Pickett was a phenomenal game. Yep. I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that there was a play where a defensive lineman came completely unblocked and right he, up the middle and absolutely bulldozed Kenny Pickett, and he throws a dime right yep. down the middle perfectly to Pat Fryermuth and converts for a first down. Not quite as got bad as ha- not quite as bad as uh, Mitch got hit on that supposed last play of the first half. Yeah. But I felt like he stood in there better than Mitch did. Yeah, and it was coming right in his face. Yep. Mitch got hit from the side. And he made a completion. You know, this is right down your face. Yeah. And he just stared it right. And then he got asked about it after the game. I don't know if you heard this. I did. Uh, he got asked by the uh, the interviewers. You know, you, you always have like 10 yep. Steelers reporters there asking him a bunch of questions. And so one of them asked him about that, you know, what was going through your head uh, as you're about to to get that hit and you deliver that that perfect throw to Pat Frymuth over in the middle. You know what he said? It's in the job description. He's like, I don't think about that. It's in the job description. <laughs> I love let's it, take man. A, let's take a sad moment for his uh, straight disrespect 
for uh, basically calling out other players. Just a sad moment. <laughs> I don't know. That's he called him out so bad. I mean, he not you know what I mean though. Like he didn't call He's, him out, but he just basically. Oh, it was so so good. Is it? That's he good. basically said, "Crap is gonna happen, man. Yep. It's gonna happen, and I'm not gonna back down when it does." Nothing is perfect anywhere in life, uh, and certainly not in the NFL. And he knows he's going to get hit from time to time, and a man is not one ounce scared of it. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, Dude, when he made that throw, everybody in the crowd just started looking at each other and were like, we got a player here, man. He really just made that throw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very interesting. I don't know. And nice game by Najee too. Let's, yeah, let's pause, not, pause, not, pause, pause, pause. Okay, continue. Pause. Go back. Sorry. <laughs> I want to. Bring, <laughs> I want to bring it up before Dude, I forget. This is, I knew this was going to be a fun one, man. I want to bring. It up I don't before. know how much fun you can have after a loss, but we're having fun right now. <laughs> I um, I didn't want to forget to talk about something. Dylan Sunny, my good friend Dylan Sunny, who's a friend of the podcast, sent me a fact yeah. that we kind of adjusted afterwards. Uh. Mitch Trubisky, 42 drives in the season so far, with lead, four of them leading to touchdowns. Kenny Pickett, great. five drives so, drives so far this year, and two of them were led to touchdowns. Shout out Dylan, though. Listen oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and, uh, Good friend from college. Yeah. Sending yeah. in some messages like that. Appreciate that, Dylan. Yep. We're going to shout you out every time you do that. If you oh, got like, a business or something, let me know, bro. Dylan might, I, we'll talk to Dylan. We'll find out. But Dylan also enjoy uh lakeside bagel. Uh, Cause you're there every Saturday and I miss it. I miss lakeside bagel. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yes. Najee Harris had a phenomenal game. Uh, 18 rushes for 74 yards, 4.1 average. Again, he's continuing, he's continuing to go up and the announcers commented on it, which I was really proud of because sometimes I feel like they miss super obvious stats like that. But the announcers did talk about how, you know, he's been getting every getting better every week, blah, 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 blah. And they talked about how it was only 3.2, but now he just added a 4.1 to that. It'll be in the high threes now, soon to be low fours. Uh, yeah, I think it's like three and a half now because he had some real stinkers at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But, but he had six, but yeah, 16 was as long. Up. 16 was as long compared to 11 right. or 12, whatever. It was. And there were multiple runs over 10 yards in this game. Uh, the offensive line really opened up some holes in this game, man. They're starting to actually come together. The running game is starting to come together. Uh, some holes for Najee is moving the pile a little bit. Jalen Warren had a run over 10 yards as well. Yep, 14. Uh, yeah, three yard or three carries for 18 yards on the game. I mean, it was a nice performance by these running backs. And I loved seeing the toss with Derek Watt out there yes. blocking and just kind of blowing people up and making holes. The power toss is back. The fullback is back. There's some things to be excited about. And that man. happened before I'm Kenny scared. Pickett came in, just to be clear. Like, that was early in the game. Yeah, they did it a few times. Yeah. It happened a few times throughout the game, and it, it kept on being successful. Yeah. That was the running style that Pittsburgh was successful with, with guys like Willie Parker and Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell did a little bit up the middle, but like Jerome Bettis, they just sent up the gut. Uh, there, yeah. was, there was no other choice there. He was, he was run three yards and fall down, but he did it at <laughs> in six-yard increments sometimes, so it was great. Um but I do agree that I, I liked seeing that. I did think that the first time I saw that end around or pitch, excuse me, 
Um, I, I think Derek Watt didn't block very well on that one, but I may have, I don't know. I might be remembering it wrong. I thought, I, I thought I was questioning like the fact that he hit somebody, but like, it was more of like the, the high school style where I just want to hit them as hard as I can, but not actually make sure I block them. Mm -hmm. And I think that happened on the first one. I was like, Oh no, like that looked really bad. And I got worried for Derek, but then I also was like, we got Jalen Warren. Maybe he could play fullback. So <laughs> we have options. I do wonder if he might a little bit in the future. I'm it honestly so powerful with a back like Jalen Warren and a back like Najee Harris. Maybe we finally see some of this pony backfield that we've been hearing about with two feature backs back there. And you can run power either way. Najee could easily blow some people up for Jalen. And we've already seen Jalen lead blocking on some plays. Uh, so I don't know, man, maybe this is going to open things up a little bit more yet with the offense. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Uh, Zach Gentry finally got back involved in the offense on a little shovel pass for two yards. So it goes down as a one catch for two yards. Yep. Um, honestly, I didn't like the call as to who they ran that to just because he's the least athletic tight end we have. It's, I mean, they were at the four-yard line. He made it to the two, so it made it closer, I guess. And I, I think that was one of the drives that Kenny got one of his touchdown runs on. Yeah. Uh, but still, I was like, man, if you're going to run that, I feel like that should be Connor Hayward or Pat Fryermuth running it because they're just a little bit more athletic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even though uh, Hayward's a little bit smaller but still beefy, um, he is more athletic and than Gentry. And he's a power running back by nature. He's just yeah. playing tight end because it's the only way he can get on the field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was a good performance by the receivers again. Well, well two of them. Two and one's yeah. not a receiver. Basically, Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens. And, yeah. and I was kind of embarrassed by Claypool and Deontay. Yeah. And then so, obviously, running. I did think that... I This is going to be a transition period. I do think that the running game was better because, again, like you said last week, the offensive line played better. Yeah. Especially in the second half. I think in the second half, very similar to how I said, you know, these other players are getting excited. These other players are getting motivated. Um, they talked about it on the broadcast. The the insert of Kenny Pickett got people excited. And so, I don't know. The offensive line was just very, very good and motivated. I saw more of the nasty we talked about in the second yeah. half. So that's, I don't know. I was happy to see that. And that's just going to be a chain reaction to having somebody like Kenny who's not scared to throw the ball over the middle and spread the ball out. The safeties have no choice but to back up and play at a normal distance. And now Najee has room to run. Yep. You know, I like Najee one-on-one -on -one versus most defenders because the bigger guys he can make miss and, and guys his size are smaller, he's going to drag them for a few yards. So uh, it's getting him those those opportunities to be one-on-one -on -one with people and really show his, his dynamic uh, capabilities. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm happy about that. I think it's going to be really exciting to see Kenny for an entire game, uh, even though Buffalo is a very difficult opponent, but I know they're pretty banged up themselves. They have, I think last week they had both starting safeties in their number one corner out, so uh, that might bode well for Kenny to give him a, an opportunity to, to push the ball down the field a little bit against some backup DBs. Yeah. Uh, so, But we'll get more into that on, on Friday's episode when we start talking about what's going to go on with the upcoming game against the bills. We got to talk defense still, Cody. We do. And then special teams. Uh, <laughs> we gotta, yeah. we gotta get moving. Um, defensively. <laughs> yeah. Defensively. I don't think anyone really stood out during the game other than obviously the cam Sutton interception, the Minka Fitzpatrick interception. And then also uh, Alex Highsmith getting his sack. 
Those are my yeah. You're like counting them. Those, <laughs> those are my three. Those were my big three things that play, I mean, other than that, nobody, nobody sparked. Nobody. Yeah. I didn't see any good big hits. I didn't see any good coverage plays. I, I'm I, still waiting for Arthur a Mollette linebacker had, to tip a pass. Yeah, Arthur Mollette had a very good pass defense that I I appreciated. Granted, I, that might have been the one that counted as an ah, uh, the one that he dropped. But it was a good play. Oh, yeah, it hit, him in the, it hit him in the chest. Well, <laughs> he should have intercepted it. Then let me clarify. I'm talking about the other one that they maybe didn't count as a pass defended, but the guy. Oh yeah, because it's not because okay, the guy caught the ball and and it was very early in the game and he on third down just went up and stuffed the guy. So it wouldn't have counted as okay. a pass defense, but I felt like that was a big play for Arthur Mallette, especially being the guy that's mostly coming off the bench, play, bench playing in the nickel. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that. Yeah, I think Arthur made a nice play against the run on one play too, hitting a, a running back behind the line of scrimmage for about three or four yards. Um, it's tough to watch right now because I feel like Minka displayed his dominance early in the game once again. You know, he had an interception early, and then they just tried to throw away from him the rest of the game. He almost had two more interceptions throughout the game. Uh, so I have to say that I actually was really, really um, excited and uh, glad to see the effort that we got out of Minka. Uh, he had a toe, toe drag situation on the sideline on an interception where he was unable to get the second foot in. Uh, and then he had one where Zach Wilson tried to throw it away at his knees yeah. and he dang near one handed it. Uh, so uh, excellent, really effort from, from Minka Fitzpatrick, but we've got to start seeing it from some of the other guys. Uh, again, at least Cam Sutton stepped up. Um, his interception was once again, him just reading the play, falling off of his guy, understanding where the ball was going and going to make a play. Uh, it feels like Cam Sutton's football IQ is just really high. Uh, and I, I really wish he was like a step faster than he is because he'd be like an interception every game kind of guy if he was. Uh, but as he is, he's a solid number two corner and I'm grateful to have him. Uh, I I need to see more out of the middle linebackers in the passing game, man. I feel like they're getting completely exposed. The middle of the field is just wide open. Yeah, You can throw anywhere you want to over the middle of the field. And Miles Jack, Devin Bush, and Robert Spillane are not even going to slow you down. They're not going to tip the ball. They might tackle it right afterwards. I will say uh, but this. they're not preventing it. I will say this. I do believe that part of that play, part of that middle of the field being so wide open is also on Trey Edmonds. Minka's the mm-hmm. deep safety. We all know that. Terrell Edmonds is the guy that has to play over the top. And when those when those linebackers aren't back in far enough coverage, he has to be there up top. And I feel like that's I'm not, it's not, I'm not on the hate Terrell train, even though I'm not a huge fan of him. If any, if this was happening with any strong safety, I think that that falls slightly on the strong safety, specifically the middle of the field, knowing that you're not the deep high safety normally. And if we're going to go there, we got to be real about it because Trey Edmonds got a concussion in like the second quarter. So the entire True. second half was on Trey Norwood. True. Uh, so, so, But either way, I feel Trey. like it falls on the uh, uh, aspect of the strong safety specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I mean, it definitely got worse after Terrell Edmonds was out. I felt like in the first half, they really kept it under control. 
And then the second half, the, they were just able to drive right down the field on them. And you could tell that there was some issues going on there in the secondary. And it's just a big drop-off. It's not like I think that Terrell Edmonds is a tremendous safety, but him and Minka do have good chemistry, and they typically yeah. are on the same page with each other. Uh, and Trey Norwood's just a young guy still trying to figure all that stuff out. He didn't really play a ton of safety in college nope. uh, and got forced into action. I mean, at one point, Minka went down, and we had a, a safety pairing of Trey Norwood and Miles Killebrew back there, and that, to me, is just terrifying. <laughs> I don't want to see that ever again. I hope DeMonte KZ is healing up nicely from his injuries. Uh, I know he's got at least one more game on the suspension that he's got to serve, and then he'll be eligible to come back after that. Uh, but, man, we uh, we need better safety play from a number three safety. There was a few times in that game as well that, that Trey Norwood got kind of exposed, took bad angles, and and couldn't get guys to the ground. I think he cleaned it up a little bit later on in his tackling, uh, but early when he came in, he was missing some tackles and some plays were happening because of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like that kind of finishes the secondary. I don't want. I don't. We talked. You know, Terrell Edmonds. No, there's not concussion. Really. Yeah, Minka played phenomenal. Um. Again, I do agree with your excitement for Cameron Sutton. He's playing very well at the position that he's currently asked to play. Mm -hmm. um, with being able, well, even though Killer Witherspoon was out uh, this week as well. So I don't know. Let's talk special teams. You want to go Boz or Harvin first? Do you want to talk linebackers in D line at all? Or Did we? Just kind of, we kind of, I, 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 I want to at least touch base with true. Alex Highsmith. That's fine. I feel like the middle linebackers were okay against the, they were good against the run in the first half and not so good in the second half. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Highsmith was just around Zach Wilson all game long. He got the sack early and then the rest of the game, it seemed like they were chipping him every single play with a running back or a tight end coming out so that he couldn't get straight into his pass rush. Uh, but there was probably at least two or three times where he had hands on the quarterback and just couldn't get him to the ground. Uh, and you know he's going to be beating himself up about that. This is the kind of thing that Stefan Tuitt used to talk about. I just got to finish the plays. I just got to finish the plays. And then the next year he, he powered down 11 sacks. Um, with Alex Highsmith getting this additional sack, he is at five and a half on the season, which breaks the Steelers' record for – the most sacks after five, four games in a season in Steelers history. Uh, so congratulations to Alex Highsmith on that. He is also still leading the entire NFL with five and a half sacks. Uh, There's a couple guys with five. And no one's right talking behind. about him. Nope. Not, I haven't seen one analyst or ESPN thing or Pat McAfee. Let's talk about Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith, Pat McAfee gives Alex Highsmith praise. He, he has before. But I still feel like they're not talking about it enough. That's a big number. That's it's, a big deal. Yeah, it's it's nowhere near enough. The kid's having a real nice season. Uh, and, you know, with all this pressure on him now, too, you know, it's it, with TJ out, there is so much pressure on Alex Highsmith to step up and be the man. Uh, and he's doing his part. He's doing his part. You know, if he cleans up that and gets the, the quarterback to the ground a couple more times when he's getting his hands on him like that, uh, he's going to be putting together a monster season and push what what TJ did last year. Yeah, let's be real. Five and a half sacks after four games—that's a blistering pace. He's he's right on pace to be where TJ was at the end of the year last year. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm excited because if when TJ comes back, we're all assuming he will. Alex is going to have even more opportunities. You're right. So and he's eligible after the Buffalo game. That'll be his fourth game out. Yep. 
So we'll I don't see. know where he's at health wise. They're not really teasing that. They're not letting us know. Uh, but as far as going to the injured reserve and being eligible to come off of the injured reserve, his four games will be up after the Buffalo game. Yeah. Uh, so that's something to look forward to at least. Cause honestly, the other outside linebackers on the team are not doing well. Uh, the Philly special given up was hundred percent on Malik Reed. He just yeah. completely blew it. Uh, had no contain on his end at all. Uh, and we're just not getting any pass rush out of these other guys either. They're not getting there. They're not getting the quarterback to the ground. Uh, if your name is an Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt and you're an outside linebacker, you got zero sacks on the year and there's been plenty of snaps for him. Yep. Uh, so these guys got to at least contribute somehow. I need to see some passes deflected at least if you're not going to get the quarterback to the ground. Uh, at least punch the ball out while running backs running by you or something, man. Yeah. Uh, we got to see some kind of improvement in the D line. I uh, felt like you know, we had some bright spots here and there. I think Larry Ogunjobi played a little bit better this game. Uh, Cam Hayward still registering a bunch of tackles, uh, but not getting the pass deflections, not getting the sacks, not getting the forced fumbles. Uh, and we really need it from him. We really need it from him. Alex is the only one making a significant impact on that front seven right now. Yeah. Okay, so done with defense now. So <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like we highlighted specific players and then whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to talk about all of them. Presley Harvin. Oh, real quick, the Marvin Leal really was fantastic in the first half. That's fair. That is fair. Yeah. He, he had a lot of nice plays. He was behind the, the line of scrimmage being very disruptive in the first half. Yeah. Uh, Presley Harvin, four punts, 39.5 average. That Again, that we got to figure out the <gasps> numbers. But he had two inside the 20, so it's hard. Oh, he was shanking the hell out of him, man. I know. Well, you were there, so you're right. You I was there. It wasn't good. I know. I feel like even <laughs> the ones that looked one good, that... I feel like even the one that looked good, he shanked a little bit. There was one that he pinned him at the nine-yard line. That was an excellent punt, and the rest of them, not so great. Yeah. And that General Olszewski one... kept on mid misjudging the punts. Yeah. He let two of them bounce in front of him, and I know that's on the side that's a little windier. It's a little tougher to judge what's going on on that side. Uh, but let's be real, man. You got to at least catch that ball. If if this continues, uh, I really want to see when Calvin Austin the third is healthy enough to come off of the IR. Man, uh, let's just sit Gunner down. He doesn't do anything on offense. I want another wide receiver out there that can do something on offense at least. Yep. Because uh, right now Gunner is giving you not much as a return guy and doesn't get on the field really at all on offense. So. I'm not seeing it right now. You got to be able to at least field that ball, man. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Uh, Benny Snell had the one kick return for seven yards. And then uh, moving on, Boswell was there. Yeah. Boswell was perfect for uh, the whole game. Two field goals attempted, two made, two extra points attempted, two extra points made. So that was good. And he broke a record for that stadium whatever you want to call it Heinz Field Actresure Stadium that same facility there the longest kick in the history of that stadium 59 yards uh, and he did it with zero seconds on the clock to start the play too so uh, it was make it or or nothing man this is all we got a 59 yard field goal to try to keep us in the game and Boz did it man hell of a kick yeah yeah so Big night for him. Big night for Boswell. Perfect on the night. And then we're breaking the record as well. Um, other than that, injuries after the game. Terrell Edmonds got hurt early in er, mid-second. Didn't come back. And that was a concussion. So yep. he may not be ready for the next game. Yeah. And then Minka went down with a, it almost looked like a knee injury for a second. 
Yep. And then he came back like two plays later. Yep. He was. Yeah. And then Cam Hayward also went down for a little bit and was limping he went down off. twice. Yeah. With an ankle injury the one time. Uh, yeah. Shoulder the other time it looked like. Yep. And then Levi Wallace as well injured after this game. Um, I'm not too worried about any of those other than the concussion, but just because we're remind, reminded so much with everything that happened with Tua. Um, but Minka and Cam and these guys, I just probably expect to be back next week more than likely. Yeah, they'll play. Uh, but my concern becomes at what level are they? You know, how banged up is Cam at this point? You know, yeah. he keeps on going down near the end of games and limping off. Uh, maybe that's part of why he's not getting to the quarterback and not getting the production he normally does because he's hurting so bad. Uh, so we'll find out because if we get a different Cam Hayward after the bye than we had in the first half of the season, then we'll know that he was probably a little dinged up and needed an extra some extra time off to heal up. Yeah, uh, Minka, we got to have him at 100% because the rest of the secondary is so banged up right now with Witherspoon already out with that hamstring. Sometimes those take a while. So I wouldn't necessarily expect them to be back against the Bills. If Edmonds is out too, now you got two of your starting four defensive backs out for that game. That's scary. If Minka's at 50% and those two are both out, you could end up getting passed all over on. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, other than that, I don't know. We lost. It, it's a new era, man. I think, honestly, people are a little bummed because they lost to the Jets. But... Turn that frown upside down. We got a new franchise quarterback. This guy has so much potential. He's got so much moxie, uh, and he's got a live arm, and he knows how to scramble when he needs to. Uh, I mean, what the NFL has taught us the last couple of years, it doesn't matter what your quarterback numbers are. If you can run for touchdowns, you're an MVP candidate. Uh, so that's what we got right here, MVP candidate, because he's got two rushing touchdowns for a touchdown in that first game yes. forget the interceptions because they don't pay attention when lamar jackson throws them so who should pay attention <laughs> when kenny throws i him? feel like we just went off the same way uh that a, <laughs> that, a, that a ravens fan on pat mcafee's show that on a twitter or a tweet um went off today about complaining about his team or something and then he was like but the steelers lost and talked about us <laughs> it just reminded me of that that was all good. It's a good time. It was nice to see the Ravens lose. Yeah, it was. Especially the way how they did. It was close. I don't know. I agree. It's a new era. So I'm excited. <laughs> Three P's in the pod. We're excited for <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, and Pat Fryermuth. The killer P's. I guess. I don't know what else to call them. Anyways, we'll see you guys again later this week. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And YouTube, subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. Until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.